You're listening to Trade Entrepreneur, the show for business owners by business owners. I'm your host, David Sudworth, and welcome to this week's episode. I've never been particularly good at maths, but I know full well that it's 26 years this year since I left school, secondary school. And for anyone who's listening to this podcast who is of a similar age or maybe even a bit older, they will happily tell anyone who's younger that time goes so quickly and you don't realise how long ago it was that you were actually in full-time education because to me it just feels like yesterday and I'm assured by people who are even 20, 30 years older than me that again it doesn't feel that long ago since they were in a classroom watching a teacher write on a blackboard with chalk and sometimes getting the board dust at the back of their head for turning around and chatting while they're supposed to be listening to the lesson. <laughs> so um, yeah, this um, this episode is going to be about young people and education because I was reading something online, a discussion um, this week about young people and someone was basically trying to get young people to join their company through a government scheme called Kickstart, which basically the government will pay a company for young people who are on universal credit, which is basically a job seekers benefit that uh, we have here in the UK. So um, in, in order to try and get um, people into work, the government will pay companies to take those young people on for a period of time, hopefully upskill them, give them some uh, experience of the world of work, and hopefully that will lead on to full-time employment in in the future. And this, uh, this chap who was uh, discussing it, there was a few discussions actually. It's funny, they all came around the same time from different people and someone said, I've got no idea what to ask them. What, what, what should I ask them? And everyone piled in with the usual do you turn up on time do you know how to make tea do you know how to sweep floors someone said do you drink during the week <laughs> which i don't think i'd ask that question because it's 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 a bit of a it's kind of getting off on the wrong foot really and i think that's one of the things that i want to discuss this week it's about the the preconceived ideas that people have about young people and how it can lead to quite defensive and potentially offensive questioning when you go into the um, re- uh, recruitment process. We've actually been through a recruitment process via the same scheme, and it's very interesting for a number of reasons. Again, going back to the beginning, I don't feel like it's two minutes since I was that very same young person looking for a job. But having come away from it all, I just felt like I was a world away from from it. It just didn't seem to be, didn't seem to correlate with the perhaps rose tinted view that I had of when I was in school or just finishing school, and the realities of today. Because when we went through the process, we interviewed quite a few people. And some of it was virtual via Zoom because it was just easier and it, it enabled us to, to, to sift 
to sift out um, suitable and candidates who are not suitable. So we did that, and then we had some face-to-face interviews as well. The funny thing was that common to a lot of people who'd been through this experience, some of the candidates didn't show up for the the actual in-person interview, despite doing very well on the Zoom meetings and saying that they would they would turn up. And of those that did turn up, um, again, um, when we tried to get further information, there was just there was just no response. So it can be quite infuriating because you have quite high hopes. Most people think that everyone's got a recruitment issue apart from them and they'll find it easy then when they when they dip their toe in the water and do it they actually realize that the same issues pervade most situations and one of the things i learned particularly quickly about the recruitment process is that you really have to have a good idea of of what you want before you start a lot of people and i include myself in this go into the situation and they basically just want someone who will do the job and that's actually the wrong way to go about it. Now, I can hear some of you thinking, well, you're trying to fill a vacancy, so you obviously want people to do a job. Yes, that's important, but to the candidate or the potential candidate who's sitting opposite a table from you, the idea of a job might be either a means to an end or just some, just a, just a motion that they're going through because they just want to... They just feel they ha- they have to do it. Maybe they've been with the job centre for a while, and you know people have been saying, "Have you been going for interviews?" And their 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 caseworker is getting on on their backs, and they, they need to go and do it. So there's a whole there's a whole bunch of reasons why people end up in front of you for a job, for a job interview. And I found it a very interesting process because what it showed to me is actually. I didn't really have much of an idea of what I wanted before I went into it. Coming out the other side, I absolutely had an idea of what we needed as as, com- as a company because even though the process didn't work for us and we didn't achieve a, um, a hire through that process, it was so invaluable and it's informed our recruitment strategy going forward. I'll, I'll talk about that a bit later on. So going back to the Facebook debate that was taking place, I think what was interesting was that, like me, a lot of people have many preconceived ideas about the recruitment process and about young people. And once, like us, they had a similar experience where some people don't turn up, it then there was then just a load of comments about, oh, young people today, they don't want to work, they don't want anything, they all want to be, they all want to, all want to be TikTok stars, and they... They're just lazy and they're entitled and the snowflakes and all this. <laughs> Basically, people just venting their spleen about young people. And I found that really interesting because someone piped up during this debate and it was a fantastic point, which I completely and utterly understood. And it challenged with me 100%. It's not the person's fault that they weren't suitable. It was actually your fault for not being clear on on what you wanted. And 
I just said to this person, that's 100% true because as a as a recruiter, as a business owner, you have to take responsibility. And if you don't own the process, then the process owns you. So instead of saying, well, that wasn't for me, we'll chalk that up to experience, but that will inform us going forward. A load of people just decided it was a good idea to blame young people. It had actually had nothing to do with the young person themselves. It's probably that they were particularly unsuited to being interviewed for that particular role. When it comes to talking about young people and all the comments about the lazy and entitled and all that business, it's just not true. For one thing, there was never, ever a period of time where all young people were motivated, they were go-getters, and they'd be up at the crack of dawn, they'd be doing paper rounds, and they'd be earning money throughout the day, then doing stuff for the evening. It just didn't happen. Now, it might happen for a few people, but across the piece, people have always been the same. There's been people who don't want to work, people who do want to work, people who are motivated, people who are not motivated, people who are incentivized, people who are not incentivized. There has been no halcyon period of time where everyone goes to work happy smiling and whistling on their way to work and you know sharing jokes and oh today's going to be a good day and yes it's great to go out and work i admit that times have changed but there's never been a period when that has been the case right across the piece it's just not and i don't need to be 80 or 100 years old to know that because i can talk to people who were you know around many many years before i was born and the, the, the same issue has, has always been there. It can be difficult to hire people. I think there is a modern day issue which has caused that, but I don't think it's the actual candidates themselves. So let me explain that. When I wanted the job when I was 16, there was no such thing as email, really. That wasn't a thing. I think my first email account was actually given to me by my college and it didn't even have a personal one at the time. And the internet, you know, only people who were into computers really had the internet at home it was just becoming popular around the mid to late 90s but it certainly wasn't something that everyone had so consequently the the idea of looking for a job it was still very much a case of going to the job center looking in shop windows all those traditional places that you would look and even these days you you still have those outlets to be able to find vacancies if you want them but with the advent of the internet what's and I noticed this when we recruited, you'd have the cut and paste brigade who basically they would just happily do a standard application and a standard covering letter and send it to everyone. They'd just spray it around like confetti because it only takes 10 seconds to cut, paste and send an email to 20 different people. It doesn't take long at all. So you're getting a lot of applicants, but the quality of those applications may not be as good as they would have been in the past. And that's and that's something which I think is, is certainly the case because there's no way I would have spent time going for, for a job which I wasn't particularly interested in at the time. In terms of people harking back to years ago and they said, well, I was always willing to work. I'd go out and wash cars and I'd do a paper round and I'd go out and sell stuff. I'd work on a market. I'd be up there at five o'clock in the morning, putting the stall up and at the end of the day, taking it down and the, and the guy would give me a five and I'd be dead happy with that. That's great, but that's you. That doesn't mean to say that everyone else is like you. And if you think really hard, how many people outside of maybe your friendship group or even within your friendship group who are the same, 
it's true that people attract people like them. They surround themselves with people who have similar values and similar outlooks. So even if all your friends were the same, that's great, but they were a motivated group of people and they weren't necessarily representative of everyone in that age bracket, everyone in that town, city, wherever it happened to be. So it's very easy to look through rose-tinted spectacles about the past because you're basing it on your own experiences and the passage of time, quite quite frankly, everyone forgets the rubbish bits through the passage of time in certain situations. And particularly if you're wanting to use that situation to make a point later on, you'll just gloss out the bad bits and you'll just say everyone everyone's lazy these days and they're just not. So I I think young people in some ways may have it harder because jobs are advertised online they get snapped up a heck of a lot quicker. I know for our own children they our oldest particularly had to go through quite a few applications before they got what they wanted and even the first job they had to receive a few hints and tips from me about how to make yourself visible how to show that you are the right candidate and I'm lucky because I've been through all that myself but there might be young people who don't have that support mechanism at home so again I'm not assuming that everyone else is is the same going back to our own recruitment process in, in the company the difficulty is when you when when you're a youngster, unless you're supremely confident, you don't really project a an air of confidence. And I think that that's something which either you've got it naturally or it comes with age. And some people never get it. So what we got was a lot of polite, nice, but very shy young people in front of us. And in a job like ours, you have to have a certain amount of confidence to go into someone's home to sweep a chimney where a sudden dust has fallen down from 20, 30 feet, then give them information about their their flu and their appliance. And that might not even be particularly good news. It might be that there's an issue with the chimney or there's an issue with their appliance. And you need to come across in a confident but respectful manner. I think that it was an important thing going forward because, like I say, our recruitment strategy now has completely changed. We're looking at different demographics, different cohorts of people who may be suitable to join us. Every company has a different set of values. Every company has a different owner. Every company has a different structure. Every company may have different amount of employees and all that stuff. So I'm not saying that this is the case for everyone. It's certainly not. And I think in certain situations, a young person would be just what some one-person bands or smaller companies need, and that's great for for us. At that particular time, with the applicants that are in front of us, we didn't find that that right fit. doesn't mean to say that it won't happen in the future. It may happen in the future, and we always keep our eyes and ears open, and we certainly don't rule out anyone joining us in the future from whatever age, whatever demographic at all. We just... We were able to fine tune our recruiting because we'd we'd been through that that particular process. In terms of young people going forward, I think that there's always a debate about education and how that can equip young people for the world of work. I think 
to be fair, the education system does a very good job of recruiting people for the world of work. I think the difficulty is that they only do that, really. I mean, I'm not aware at the moment, and I've certainly not been aware in the last few years, or even really when I was at school, of making sure that um, people who maybe had a natural entrepreneurial spirit or wanted to work for themselves they that they weren't really catered for the, the vast majority of of pupils were catered for through a, a, a um, an education system which basically geared them up to being an employee which is great for a lot of people but it does mean that some do fall through the cracks i i personally think that it would be a great thing if in education, pupils were taught both practical and th- theoretical skills. So basic DIY um, and also business as well, because the one thing that would do, it would be beneficial to both those who decide to pursue a career in trades, but also it would be beneficial for those who don't decide to pursue that particular career path and the reason is this what we tend to find again we spoke a few weeks ago with Alistair who is a chimney sweep and we mentioned the the e-myth where the assumption is that someone is good at a job therefore they're good at running a business and it's usually not the case at all so if we taught people how to run businesses and how to structure a business and how to make sure that it continues to turn a profit, that would do a couple of things. Firstly, it would help them in their personal circumstances and their personal finances, so they could they, they could take those lessons and put them into their own life, so budgeting and forward planning. Also, what it would do is those those entrepreneurial pupils would actually start to have input into an education system which actually gives them something back rather than just talks at them for the sake of for the sake of just teaching subjects and like oh well you'll you'll get a you'll get a job with someone at the end of it and also for those who don't decide to be self-employed they will then start to recognize why tradespeople do things in a certain way and what pressures tradespeople are under and all the stuff that that you don't see when you're a customer dealing with a tradesperson. So you, you don't see the long hours, you don't see the budgeting, you don't see the maintenance of the vehicles, you don't see the insurances and the, all the subscriptions that you may have to take out. You don't see all of that. All you see is the bill at the end of it and you think, well, where's all this money going? Well, that's that's where it's going, essentially. So that would be very beneficial both to people who who would want to work for themselves and people who wouldn't want to work for themselves. And in terms of teaching practical skills in tandem with business again for people who want to work for themselves those skills will start to set them on a career path or may give them an idea of what they may want to do in the future and for people who don't decide to do it it's still handy to know how to how to change a light bulb how to do certain things around the house and also again if they don't want to do that then they know that someone who can be hired to do that is of a certain standard and also they're they're aware that there's more to it than it's just being a 
five-minute job because you see that all the time on Facebook. I need I need trace I need a trace person to do this. It's just a five-minute job. Well, with with the best one in the world, I don't know if I have a trace person in my house. I don't know how long a job will take because I'm not I'm not particularly clued up in in their line of work. I can't even tell you really um, how long a chimney sweep should take because. There's various factors. You know, there's some sweeps that are very quick and short and snappy and great. There's some which can take hours and hours. It just depends. You can't... There's no blanket, one-size-fits-all time frame for, for, for each particular sector and even each particular job within that sector. There's a whole bunch of considerations which need to be borne in mind. So I think going back to the education system and really making it work for people who may want to work for themselves and those who don't want to work for themselves and those who may have an entrepreneurial mindset and a business mindset and those who don't, I think it would be mutually beneficial. And what it probably would do as well for certain people, it would maybe allow them to learn that there's more to trades than just turning up and doing the job. And maybe a lot of tradespeople complain that um, they feel that they don't get as much respect from society and uh, maybe certain respect from their customers because of them being a trade. I think if we went back to the, the education system and hard-baked that in, I think it would be mutually beneficial. And like I say, going forward, it would um, it would just make for a more harm- harmonious relationship a better society and also a more informed society which is also very important so i wanted to get that off my chest this week i think it's something which maybe in the future we'll we'll talk um with a guest about but I i find it fascinating people's perceptions of young people and how lazy they are compared to previous generations i think every generation has always complained about the generation that's gone before which i think there's a bit of jealousy because they're younger but also there are those rose tinted spectacles which let's face it we all don at times so thanks very much for joining me once again like i always say if you'd like to share any feedback with me my email address is david at trade-entrepreneur.co.uk you can like us on facebook trade entrepreneur podcast or you can send us a tweet at TEP show. As I always say, if you're on Spotify, Amazon podcasts, please give us a like and subscribe and it will tell you when the next show is available. So thank you once again for joining me. Have a great week and I'll see you all again very soon.